every morning you should ask yourself, how will my adventures be narrated? Welcome to Dice Therapy. A new day dawns as the group walks towards the village of Thrance. The dark clouds have begun to break up and yield to the rising sun. You can still hear faint whispers and dark clouds overhead, lingering magics of some sort. The black and white of your surroundings slowly flood with color from the golden wash of the warming rays. Puddles of stormwater reflect vivid oranges, deep reds, and blinding yellows. Around you, the scattered clumps of grass amidst the rocky soil seem to green right before your eyes. In the fields, the underfed sheep stand soaking up the new day sun like sponges. And walking the trail towards Bronze, your body reminds you of the past events, the bruises gained as the violent underwater river of flood water dashed you against tight places, the sore muscles from fights against gnolls, kegs, and bandits, the dull throb in your head from a night of festivities. The children have quieted. The oldest brother, Jed, lies asleep in the saddle of the horse, while the younger brother, Caleb, is asleep on the shoulders of Yao, arms limp on each side of his head. The brave little Anissa draped over the tabaxi's shoulders in much the same fashion with her backpack serving as a seat. Five miles, you arrive on the outskirts of Bronze, cresting a hill and catch a sight of the town. The small settlement has clearly seen better days. Many of the wooden buildings have collapsed, leaving masses of old wood and thatch. The town square is little more than an open, muddy space, cut with wagon wheel ruts and holding a squat stone well. Wisps of smoke from dual chimneys float upward from what appears to be the largest building in town. It gives you the first indication of life, as well as hope for a warm space and a soft bed. The second clue to life in the village are the small boats off the shore working nets to bring in a morning catch. Those are shadowed in size, however, by a three-masted frigate anchored further offshore. Sails bound, it must have been weathering the storm here. Standing on this ridge, looking down at the village of bronze, you find our character. We should take the ship and become pirates. Yes. <laughs> Kezzy not like water. You like pirate hats? Kezzy not look good in hats. <laughs> you all can, but Kezzy not. <laughs> all right, let's return the brats, I guess. Yes, please. Probably should go to the biggest place. Maybe they'll reward us with, like, nice food and a good nap. Sleep would be good. Weight shifting going on there. <laughs> Walking into the settlement, you pass a small broken sign with a single word, Bronze. Once past it, there's this feeling of familiar that washes over you. A comfort, a warm feeling, like stepping into your own home. And as you're feeling that, this curse comes from behind you, and you turn to look at Yao, and he starts to scratch. Looks at the barbarian, stops, puts his head back down, feels wrong. I'm going to take a child house. from Yao, just in case Yao is about to melt or something. Okay. What are you doing? I took the brother Oh, from... uh, Jaleb. 
Caleb. <laughs> you good, man? We good? Hitches my hackles. It feels wrong here. All right. You think there's some kind of magic around the town that we got this warm feeling and he feels weird? Does anyone want to investigate? I think we should. <laughs> Let's investigate. Make, All right, go for it, Blondie. Fifteen. You've heard in stories and tales that there is protective wards and magics that can grant fields around areas where certain things feel uncomfortable, and you right. suspect that that might be what's happening here, but you would need more evidence to know exactly what's going on. Okay. So we should definitely keep an eye on you because if the wards don't like him, that's a bad sign. I don't like him either. Yeah, Is dad warded? <laughs> Sorry, Kezzy got that backwards. Now that you've moved closer, to the north of the crossroads, towards the rolling waves of the ocean, stands a small stone tower, crenellated battlements, and it stands like a lone guardian over this ruined town of bronze. To the west is a ruins of what appears to be an old temple whose roof has collapsed. Large sections of the stone seem to be missing, perhaps stolen for foundations of houses here and there. A statue of Bledelweiss, a nature goddess, pokes up Plus. through the fallen roof and looks over the ruin framed by two large broken arches. The largest building appears to be an inn, and a swinging sign on the front labels it the Golden Nugget. But all the gold paint has flaked off, and the worn wood matches the rough-shot exterior of the surface. So it's I more think of we a brown need to go there. nugget. <laughs> I, I'm with the bard. I, I'm going to try to rouse the little girl okay. and get her off my shoulders. Mm. Mm. Kit, Kit, you are home. Kitten. Mm. Wake up! Five more minutes. <laughs> no! <laughs> no five more minutes. Please. My brothers can do it. I'll sleep. Caleb. <laughs> <sighs> One so, more good shoulder. You're rousing the girl. And at the crossroads right before the Golden Nugget Inn. As you're doing that, you catch a look of what you thought was a ruined building off to the left, but it turns to be a store of some sort. A basket of dry goods set out front. This old woman with matted hair and gray wrinkles. Time has not been nice to her. She's chewing on a big wad of chew, and she sees your group. She's mending a net as you're walking up. Takes another bite of this black root. Morning. Good morning. Got a shoulder full there. Yes, I do. Would you mind helping get her down? Nope. No, you wouldn't mind? Or, or no, you're not going to help? Not gonna help. Not a babysitter. Kezzy didn't think Kezzy was a babysitter either, but... Half the village was out all night looking for those kids. So where can we take them? Nods towards the end. All right, that works for me. Thank Let's you. Go. So helpful. <laughs> I want her to be my mom. You hear another... <laughs> behind you as she's spitting out the black room. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so stepping into the Golden Nugget. What kind of marching order do we have? Who's going in first? I'm last. I'm second to last. Fine, I'll go in first because I want to get rid of this kid. I'll be somewhere in the middle. So I'll go in second. Right. And if you say roll initiative going into the end. <laughs> <laughs> is there a brawl going on? Yeah, we, we come in on a bar oh, first thing in the morning. What, what kind of town is this? It feels oh. familiar, 
so apparently we've been here before. They're back! Get them! No. <laughs> yeah, right. that's what I'm waiting for. <laughs> ah, not these guys again. <laughs> As you step in, the door creaks open. There is that dry, warm heat from an open fire inside. But there's also the smell of spilt ale and fish. You see the fireplace that's going with freshly stocked logs that's just starting to catch from the morning. A halfling with an apron that's stained from various cooking greases and ale. She's wiping a table, has heard the door open, has her back to you. Keeper, any word? Have they found the... And she turns around. They f- the children! You brought the children! Oh, you look starved! Immediately, ignoring you, ushering the children to a table in front of the fireplace talking non-stop. Need to get some food in you and get you guys warm. You look pale. You've been out all night in that storm. Oh, your parents are gonna tan your hide for being out. You had everybody worried. What are you thinking you're doing? Just, Just let her tie right. <laughs> you see a chalk menu up on the wall and a notice board. Boiled feet. Really? Red Goose beans. eggs and raspberries? I don't think you want to eat that. (laughs) (laughs) Not together. Oh. Sorry, Kezzy's reading. I'll move over to the notice board and you're just reading the notices? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. This could be fun haunted stuff. Okay, we can check that one off. Yeah, I think... I I think we did that one. Do you think if we bring it up to the bar, the barkeep might just say something on a reward? Oh my god. We have those things. I know! (laughs) I'm very sad about this. Okay, over here. I don't want to cause any alarm, but I mean, this tax collector stuff they have on the wall? Killed that guy. I mean, I didn't kill that guy. You killed that guy. So if we tell him that, like, we didn't find any money or anything, but we found his body, we kill all the people. You think they'll give us something? It says, you know, we could be rewarded. So are you having this conversation while... Murmuring to (laughs) each other under our breaths. (laughs) So it's not to be heard. So... There is a uh, bit of a commotion at the bar as you're kind of looking around. The bartender is having a conversation with two dragonborn, a blue-skinned entity kind of hovering in the air behind them as they're having this conversation. You vaguely hear one of the dragonborn, should we? I don't think so. Is it though? I don't think it's quite what we... No, I believe our wish indicated that the perfect whiskey would be one that we could drink all day. This one, after three or four drinks, we would be poisoned. This is not the perfect whiskey. There is a nod, and then all three just poof in a puff of smoke. The bartender looks around, puts a cork in this bottle that has this strange glowing crystal in the bottom of it, shakes his head, starts to turn in this hand pops into existence, drops a few coins on the bar, and then pops out of existence. He sweeps up the coins and puts the bottle back on a shelf and closes a small cabinet. The tavern itself is fairly empty. Off to one side, kind of in a back corner, a large muscular gentleman, dark skin, no shirt, just a vest, nice hat with a plume coming off of it who is nursing a tankard, seeming to be half asleep like he's been here throughout the night. There is a book open before him and a small inkwell with a quill. I'm going to go talk to the bartender. I'm going to take down this notice talking about the missing kids. This has been fulfilled. Is is there a reward? Points over to the half-limb that's currently fussing over the kids and goes back to cleaning. 
that was not helpful. So I go over to the halfling. <laughs> Excuse me, ma'am. Ah, oh, yes, sorry, sorry. The, no, the, the town has been out looking for these kids. And thank you so much for bringing them back. Um, very you welcome. must be, be delegates from Saragost? Uh, no. Investigators? Just travelers that got lucky in finding the kids. Ah, okay. Well, um, their parents will be do you very, know, very happy. Do you know their parents? Yes. In fact, they're both out looking for them right now. So, so if we leave the children with you, they'd be okay? Yes. We'll keep them fed and warm. And um, room and food, oh, do you have? You can stay here and we'll feed you too. Thank you very much. We have three rooms upstairs. They're not the finest, but After what a we've single, been a through, double, and a triple. I will talk to my companions I'm to decide that. in the same room as Yao. He'll sleep at the foot of the bed. He can sleep <laughs> on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> you can just go under the bed. We could lock him in the single. <laughs> You hear the door creak open again and kind of glance over behind you and this short, three-foot-tall hooded figure. Hood up, can't see any any hands or, or feet, just all hood and cloak and boots. Goes over to the gentleman that's nursing the ale in the corner with the big plumed feather. They're talking a little bit. <sighs> Closes his book, pockets the quill and ink. Just when the scenery in here was starting to get better, so. gets up, and they both start heading out of the inn. Oh. I like his hat. And the, the three-foot-tall something with a hood looked up, and you just see the smile of sharp teeth and green skin as they leave. Oh. <laughs> That's creepy. Hmm. Are there any blankets by the fireplace, by chance? No blankets. Okay. Good ask for one. Totes. If, if Madam wouldn't mind, could I get a blanket? Um, yeah. Oh, thank you. So she heads upstairs. Thank you very much. And she comes down with four, hands you one, and immediately throws a couple more around the kids. I curl up as tight as I can get in the chair. Move a chair closer to and, the fire. Yes. And, and just warm. pass out. Yes. <laughs> That's really cute. <laughs> Meanwhile, over doing. at the notice board, there was a conversation about... About the tax collector. Do we know for sure what happened to him? We just know that we found his body. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. maybe we don't assume know why it's the people there. in the cave. Floaty ghost thing of him. But I guess we don't know where the body is now. Yeah, it would have kinda... washed down into that cavern. Yeah. I'm over by the bar with Yao. <laughs> <laughs> Yao is definitely waiting. Doesn't have any currency, you figure. He, he is Don't really let him get drunk again. He's really thirsty. His mouth is drooling. I will get us both a drink, and we can do that while y'all talk about killing people. He, he takes a drink. It's like go go go. Stops. Looks at you. Sips. There you go. Yep. There you go. You can figure he still doesn't know what's expected of him or how to act. This is all new to him. And he still seems really uncomfortable. Not just because of his new form, not just because of who the new Alpha is, but also because he's in this town and there's something going on. So it's just all these things. He's got a lot of anxiety, he, the poor guy. He knows that alcohol is an escape. Well, he can have one. <laughs> I want to ask anything about the tax collector? I don't want to get blamed for it. Right. True. And we probably have all their money. We have yeah, all we of his have things. things. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We'll just we'll just pretend we didn't see anything. Yeah. 
There's also the interesting haunted alehouse that I'm kind of curious to get into after a nap. Hmm. If, you know, we don't find anything else about the sword we're apparently supposed to find. The door creaks open, and this young, scrawny teenager comes walking in, carrying a long sword that's way too big for him. I kind of lift my head up a little bit because I haven't fallen asleep. Awkward yet. gait as he comes striding in, trying to be all confident, but trips a little bit. <laughs> the halfling sees him and immediately says, Morton! Morton! Go get Tonkin and Mariah. The kids are here. They're safe. And he looks around, what? And sees the rest of you. And his eyes go wide. Boom. Right out the door. Well, that's not a good sign. Mm-hmm. That's really suspicious. I don't think you're getting your nap. Gosh dang it. I had kind of perked up and watched him come in, but snuggled back down. Do you want to just wait here until people come, or...? If we're going to wait down here, I hope we get something to eat, because... Yeah, that sounds like a good I'm already idea. drinking. I'm ready. <laughs> I know. You're ready. I'm already drinking. The bartender is a man of few words. In fact, he hasn't said anything other than just grunts. I'm okay with that. <laughs> that's my style. We all going to have dinner? <laughs> I think so. Okay. Except for Kezzy that's sleeping. Yeah, Kezzy's sleeping. Do you want me to get you some? Oh, cider was I mean, you. they so. have fish, I'll get one for so. Kezzy, too. You don't know, know what your preference is, being a tabaxi, but fish seems like a good <laughs> choice. <laughs> seems that's like a good six. option. All right, six orders. All right. He disappears into the little kitchen, comes back later, he's got plates. All right, I have Yao go give Kezzy. <laughs> I'm not going to get up. He looks at Yao's drink that's almost gone and reaches behind the bar. As long as he goes and gives Kezzy a meal. <laughs> the new servant? Yeah, I'm not getting up. <laughs> I fought a lot. I, I, I feel a presence beside me. <laughs> I'll just put it on the ground. This plate comes down underneath your nose. It's fish. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thank you. Be civilized and, you know, actually hold the plate before I shovel it in my mouth. Okay. You get about halfway through your meal. It's okay. Nothing super special. And a robed man comes in. Big, gristled, bushy mustache and beard. Brown, plain robes. Not a lot of decoration other than a single silver chain with some sort of crystal with a blue flower. He looks like the, the fish stick brand. Comes walking in, kind of head, kind of slumped, obviously tired. Bernice, something to wake me up. It's been a long night. And he looks around and sees all of you and sees the children. They're here? Bernice says, people brought them in. My thanks, travelers, for bringing the kids in. Very My well. prayers have been answered. Are you father? I am the keeper. Temple has fallen into some disrepair, but I'm doing my best to try to get it back in shape. So, travelers to our famous tomb, the Standing Stones, the tomb. Yeah, we sure saw those. They were something. Thing of legend. <laughs> Starkweather himself, the one that started this whole building. Legend. Legend. Let's, yeah, let's hear the, the homegrown legend from here. So you don't know the legend of Starkweather? Not really. We have traveled far. Bernice brings over a tinker, sets it down in front of the keeper. We listen intently. He is an older man. You can tell that he's seen better days. Who is Starkweather? Well, let me tell you. Wait, where are my manners? I'm Keeper Tobias Bronson. Now, bear in mind, I've only lived here 20 years or so now. And I'm handling the affairs of the church. You know, the roof collapsed. I did my best to clear away debris and, and start rebuilding. But the locals, they give me bits and pieces, and I've picked up others. Putting their stories together... 
Here's the tale as I know it. Starkweather was a fighter of legend. With a long sword, he battled against fierce foes of shadow and darkness that threatened to destroy the world. This war was all but won, and the victory had had a high price. Starkweather's friends had all perished in the conflict. The last, the last of the group. Zomlok was a wizard. This final foe, Starkweather, was chasing. And he pursued Zomlok across the island of Chilham to this very place. And Zomlok was intent on reaching the Tump. There was some ancient power that he wanted to tap. Starkweather was trying to prevent it. They met in battle, and the air burned with magics and screamed with the sting of metal. Most folks around the area, paralyzed by fear, but watched intently. Zomlok's magics crackled through the air, and his poison blades bit deep into Starkweather. But not deep enough, for with a single decisive and mighty blow, Starkweather sent Zomlok's head one way, his body the other. Starkweather soon died after that. Poison from the wizard eventually overcome any healing he could try. We built his tomb in the hills. It's said that on certain nights, you can see an evil figure wrapped in a cloak, headless, wandering around the tomb, searching for something, perhaps his head. Have we seen a hooded figure? There was a cloaked figure that you had to fight to get off the little spit of land. Okay. It didn't seem like he was missing a head. Some sort of specter. An angry cloak. Mm -hmm. Why did the evil wizard go to the Standing Stones? No one knows. It was over a thousand years ago. Folks around these parts just leave them alone. Hmm. As his tale ends, the door creaks open. The gangly kid with the long sword is leading a man and a woman who seem fraught and very tired themselves and immediately run right to the kids. Ma! Pa! Happy family reunion. And the little girl is, and we saw Knowles, and we were down in a mine, and there was all this water, and it was alligator, and... And the mom is like, that's nice, honey. Because <laughs> he just smiles. Bernice is over, hovering over the family. Such a happy reunion. Points in your direction. Thank you. Thank you so much for getting our kid home. I, I don't know how we're ever going to repay you. Okay, the first one that says gold, I'm going to smack. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, somebody. <laughs> That's very true. So let us know if there's anything we can do. A nap would be good. To, well, <laughs> yes, certainly. We'll leave you to it. In fact, we could use one ourselves. Father kind of smacks the oldest, just a little in the back of the head. What are you thinking? <laughs> well, I healed him, didn't I? I think I healed oh, him. Yeah, he's okay. <laughs> so, and they, and they, you know, our farm is just on the outskirts. Ask anyone, they'll tell you where it's at. And your name? I'm Kezi. And you are? Tonka and Mariah Balloon. We are very glad to have been able to help. Maybe you should watch them more carefully. Haven't had any problems until now, but we will definitely keep an eye on him. Don't be offended by Dad. <laughs> He's tired. He, He's cranky. Small, he needs a nap. <laughs> this is a small village, and we haven't had any problems like some of the other villages around here that get raided by other denizens. We've heard reports of orcs raiding some of the other towns and villages, but yeah. we haven't had any of those problems here. And you knew they were near them. Yeah, not in this area. Miles away. They're not statues. 
We haven't had any problems here. <laughs> Dad. Well, I think this is a good time to retire for the day. <laughs> As they leave with the kids, the door closes again and somebody comes in. A rather middle-aged, scraggly, not full beard, just hasn't shaved in a while. Grizzled, a little overweight, oh, used to be fit in the day, but has let himself Hello, go. Just walked in. Hopper. Smells of alcohol, and it's early morning. And <laughs> the scrawny kid, constable, they found the kids. Yeah, I need a drink. Nice. Looking at this scrawny kid, he's definitely been eyeing all of you staring wide-eyed. Kid, what's your problem? You're an elf, aren't you? What's it to you? I've never seen an elf before. Okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my god. Personal space. Two feet. Personal space. <laughs> so teenage Barney Five with a sword that's as big as he is. Okay. Yeah. You're cute. It's not a very big sword. Well, he's wearing it on his hip. Oh god. So it's almost dragging the floor as he walks. Oh he's not very big. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's your name, kid? Morton Gimbert. Gimbert. I'm gonna be a constable someday, oh, or a yeah. great hero like Starkweb. Stay away from the stones. <laughs> what about the stones? I I didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. Is he tired? There's shadows out there. You should stay away. Shadows. Have you seen shadows somewhere else? No. Well, except my shadow and other people's shadows. But none that move. Well, unless the people are moving. But no. Oh, kid. <laughs> well, these do, so you might want to watch out. Good to know. Ooh. Kid, I swear to God, if you go over there, <laughs> you won't come back. Bernice comes over, grabs his ear, and leave them alone. She's got to reach way up over her head to get to his ear. She's a halfling. She's, she's hugging him down. I was going to say, oh he's not bent in half. He's like, over. Leave the them alone. Sword strength. Yes, over. like, yeah, carving a notch in the floor now. So far down. Can we please go to sleep? And we wander the rooms. Yeah. We made a single, a double, and a triple. Frankly, I could just go back over by the fire. I have a full belly. Well, I'm not sleeping with Yao. Me neither. Anyone no. else is cool. Yeah. Or he can stay with. I don't sleep, I meditate. This is so, true. I, I mean, mean, I don't really have to sleep. But do you want to meditate in a room or do you want to meditate downstairs? Y'all are creeped out by Yao. I'll just. <laughs> <laughs> problem Kezi has with just, Yao is he used to be a dog. I have That's a the problem only problem with I have. That he's caused. Well, many death. I'll keep an eye on it. I'm concerned since the wards don't like All right, I'll stick with Yao. He can freaking sleep, and I'll just sit there. No. You freaking keep her out. It's not my fault. I can't help it. I like that you gave him a mullet. Yeah, I don't like him. You don't like a mullet? Thank you. But I figured, like, because he's got that mane that, like, is, like, a line that goes back. I was like, it's like a mullet. It is like a mullet. Yeah. Business in the room, party in the back. Kind of thing. All right, how do you guys, where are you guys sleeping? Does Dad want his own room, or? I don't care, as long as Yao's not in there. Or puppy pile. <laughs> Without Yao. <laughs> I'd do the single, if you're not needing a bed. Yeah, that's fine. And you guys could do the triple. Mm -hmm. I'm doing the fireplace, Then the so. inn still has another room open, so okay. we're, we're being courteous. We're being nice. Bernice and Jimmy, thank you. All right, let's go to bed. Right. 
If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell your friends, leave us a tip, or give us a comment. We would love to hear from you. DiceTherapyAP.Pinecast.co